Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Compatibility. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner. The rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very of all slow. The, of all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome in to The Look Ahead. I'm Scott Seidenberg coming to you live from the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas. Here, getting you ready for the weekend in sports. And of course, we got Thursday night football kicking off week three in the NFL, week four in college football. So much Major League Baseball with the postseason right around the corner. And we'll get you ready for all of it here on The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Follow me on Twitter at Scott's On Air. Follow us all at VSIN Live. And boy, do we have news. We've been waiting all week for the official announcement on who will be at quarterback for certain teams as we get ready for week three in the NFL. And now we have word. It will be Justin Fields getting his first career start for the Chicago Bears as they take on the Cleveland Browns. We talked about this line over the past couple of days, how it was at seven and a half, and then it moved down to seven. I thought with the announcement that Justin Fields was going to be the starter, we'd see that line dip down even further. And if that was the case, it could be a good buyback spot on the Cleveland Browns. However, currently at DraftKings, the line is sitting at seven, but the minus seven for the Browns is at minus 115. So money coming in on Cleveland, and you would expect that line to be north of a touchdown by the time it kicks off on Sunday. Justin Fields, in my opinion, does add a different dynamic to the Bears offense, but this is still a mismatch of teams going in opposite directions. The Bears trying to grow and set themselves up for the next several years, get Justin Fields acclimated, and find out if, in fact, he is their quarterback of the future. Are they going to know that after year one? Probably not, but they're going to take this year to learn that and then eventually put the pieces around him to make this team ready to compete for a postseason spot. The Cleveland Browns, meanwhile, they're already there, right? The Browns are a team that has Super Bowl aspirations this year. So with them being at home, you would give them the edge here over the Chicago Bears. In fact, the Browns might be a teaser spot uh, along with some other teams this week. There are great teaser spots on this card, and you can get the Browns down to near a pick and take them to win the game at home against the Chicago Bears because I'd honestly be shocked if they lose this game to Chicago, even with Justin Fields as the starting quarterback. Other quarterback news. Tua Tungavailoa will not play for the Miami Dolphins. It will be Jacoby Brissett 
who will play for them at the quarterback spot against the Raiders. Tua has been dealing with uh, bruised or fractured ribs, excuse me. It was originally classified as bruised ribs, but then head coach Brian Flores described the injury as fractured ribs and that the team will take it on a week-to-week basis. So Jacoby Brissett will be at quarterback for the Dolphins going up against the Raiders, and the Raiders' pass rush, according to Pro Football Focus, has just been fantastic this season. That spread currently sitting at minus four in favor of the Vegas Raiders. Now, you're asking yourself, well, what about Derek Carr? He's been dealing with injuries as well. How is he going to go, and how will he be in this game against the Dolphins? Well, John Gruden said that Derek Carr is, quote, ready to go for this game against the Dolphins. He is officially listed as questionable, but uh, he did play through this ankle injury for the majority of the game against Pittsburgh, and he is ready to go, according to head coach John Gruden, against the Dolphins' defense that gave up 35 points last week to the Buffalo Bills. Now, Derek Carr has had a very nice first couple of games to the season, and uh, if he has another big performance against this Dolphins defense, man, this Raider team starting off 3-0, and there's no uh, limit to how uh, high this team can be this season and uh, how where they can go. So that's your quarterback update on what we know definitively. Justin Fields will play in favor of Andy Dalton, who is out. Jacoby Brissett will play in favor of Tua Tungavailoa, who is out. Derek Carr will be ready to go. Ben Roethlisberger will be ready to go for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Remember, he's been dealing with a pectoral injury. The reports are that he uh, may still play. There's been no announcement that he's not going to play. So the report, the latest report from uh, Steelers uh, is that he may play. However, he is dealing with pain. And pain is no stranger to Ben Roethlisberger. He has been through this multiple times in his illustrious career. He has been, uh, you know, playing through pain, playing through injuries, missing practice time during the week, and still playing on Sundays. So uh, no stranger to uh, playing with pain, Ben Roethlisberger. I think he gives it a go here on Sunday against the Bengals. But that's the report coming out from Pittsburgh, is that he may still play, but he is dealing with pain when he throws the football. In Indianapolis, Carson Wentz dealing with not one, but two sprained ankles has not officially been ruled out. So it, there is a chance. It might not be Jacob Eason. There's a chance that Carson Wentz will play in this game against the Tennessee Titans. He did not practice on Wednesday, but he wasn't wearing a boot on either ankle, which is always a positive sign. So that uh, Ian Rappaport from the NFL Network on Twitter had put out that uh, it sounds like the right is the high ankle sprain, The left is the low ankle sprain. Wentz giving himself a chance to play. He said uh, the right is much worse than the left. He is still sore, but, quote, he's getting a lot of treatment, throwing kitchen sink at it, trying to get healthy. That is what uh, Carson Wentz has told the media as far as his availability for their game against the Titans. Let's take a look at the lines and where the moves have been. Uh, in those games involving the quarterbacks. I mentioned the Browns minus seven against the Bears. The Raiders are minus four against the Dolphins. The Steelers have dropped down to minus three against the Cincinnati Bengals. So money coming in on Cincinnati, obviously with the uncertainty with Ben Roethlisberger's status, you have the Steelers now at minus three. However, that minus three is at minus 115. And as for the Titans and the Colts, that line is staying steady at five and a half in favor of the Titans in Tennessee. Other line moves as we uh, check back in, the Carolina Panthers and Texans have stayed at eight. The Panthers are an eight-point road favorite against Davis Mills, the rookie getting his first career start on the short week in Houston. I think the Panthers are uh, a teaser teaser candidate for sure because you get them underneath a field goal. Uh, I have taken the Panthers in my survivor pool And if I lose with it, I lose with it. If I lose going up against Davis Mills 
and this banged up Texans team on a short week with the Carolina Panthers defense that has allowed only 21 points so far this season, so be it. I'm out of my survivor pool, but I'll take my chances. I'm going to take the Carolina Panthers, expect them to beat the Texans, and then I'll sit back and relax on Sunday while everybody else sweats out their picks for the people that forgot to get theirs in for Thursday night. Uh, elsewhere, the Ravens, nine-point favorites over the Lions. This could be my teaser, to be honest with you. It might be a Carolina teaser. Get them at minus two. The Ravens, uh, that would be minus three. I would really hope that if that line can get to eight and a half, you can get the Ravens at two and a half, which would be extremely beneficial uh, for a six-point teaser with the two teams, Panthers and the Ravens. But I do think the Ravens beat the Lions. You got the Cardinals and Jaguars. That line is at seven. It had been seven and a half. It is at seven. Cardinals are also a teaser candidate going up against the bad, bad Jacksonville Jaguars. No movement between the Chargers and the Chiefs. That line is still six and a half. And uh, I said the Chargers were a team that I was looking at this week. I haven't gotten off of that right now. Uh, Still have to do a little more diving on the NFL on these games, but the Kansas City Chiefs have covered, and we've mentioned it every single day this week, they've only covered one time in their last 13 games. So pretty hard to back a team laying close to a touchdown when they have not covered 12 of the last 13 games that they have played. The Saints and Patriots is down to two and a half. So the Patriots, though, at two and a half is minus 120, so that line could get itself back up to a field goal. Uh, I've been pretty adamant on this game. I think it's a bad spot for New Orleans having to travel three straight weeks. That's never a good thing. They've been displaced. They've been dealing with a lot. And uh, I just think that it's not a really good spot for them uh, traveling once again, uh, this time up to New England. Washington and Buffalo, we've seen some movement on this game. The line is down to seven and a half. And Washington at plus seven and a half is minus 115. This thing could get down to a touchdown. And it was at eight, eight and a half at one point. Now down to seven and a half. And the Bills, if that thing gets down to seven, an interesting, certainly teaser candidate uh, as well. Giants and Falcons are at a field goal, but the Falcons at plus three is minus 115. I mentioned the Bengals and Steelers at three. Jets are down to 10. The Broncos were 10 and a half point favorites. Now they are just 10 point favorites over the Jets. But that minus 10 is minus 115. The Bucks are one-and-a-half-point favorites over the Rams. Remember when this line opened up, it was the Rams as a one-and-a-half-point favorite, and the line has totally shifted in favor now of the Bucks, who are a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Vikings are a one-and-a-half-point home underdog to the Seahawks. It was at one. It went up to two. It is now back down to one-and-a-half. And the Packers, what did I tell you on, Sunday, on uh, Monday night? That this line, which opened up at Packers plus four, would go down to a field goal, if not more, and uh, it, it has gone down. It went from four to three and a half, now to three, and the 49ers minus three are minus 120, but that game is a field goal between the Packers and the 49ers. And then Monday Night Football, Eagles and Cowboys have dropped down to three and a half. It was at four. The Cowboys are now a three and a half point favorite over the Philadelphia Eagles. Coming up next, we will get into Thursday Night Football. The Texans and the Carolina Panthers from Houston. Davis Mills, the rookie, getting his first career start against this talented Carolina Panthers defense. I'll give you a pick for that game, some props as well, when we come back. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Follow along on Twitter at Scott's On Air. It's the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. 
Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real, live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. Oh, my friends love it. I love that it's kids-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. This is the look ahead on VSN, the sports betting network. VSN's point spread weekly is out now, and in this edition, we break down the NFL through two weeks of action. Jonathan Von Tobel tells us why the defense is an Achilles heel for two title-worthy teams. Josh Applebaum has five games the wise guys already like for week three. And Danny Burke breaks down why home field advantage might not be as important as we think. These stories and more are in this week's edition of Point Spread Weekly. Download it today or go to vcin.com slash subscribe for more information. That's vcin.com slash subscribe. Scott Seidenberg back here, the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Uh, speaking of VSIN.com, the college football best bets article will be released on Thursday. I have two plays for that article. Get into them here on the show a little later on and uh, might add a third one as well. Haven't quite decided just yet. But let's take a look at Thursday night football, which will kick off week three in the NFL. The Carolina Panthers are an eight point road favorite against the Houston Texans with a total of 43. Important to note that primetime overs this season are 6-0. and But with this Carolina Panthers defense, I'm not sure how confident I am that this is going to be 7-0 and unless the Panthers are the one that's doing all the scoring. Uh, this Panthers defense has been tremendous through the first two weeks of the season. They allowed just uh, 14 points to the New York Jets and seven points to the New Orleans Saints. So 21 points in total through two games this season. They're doing a tremendous job of stopping the run. They're getting after the quarterback. And offensively, Sam Darnold is having a resurgence. He has uh, completed 68.5% of his passes, 584 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. And maybe the change of scenery is what he has needed, right? Get him out of New York, out of the pressure that is playing in New York, and now he can thrive with a new coach, a very talented offensive coordinator, a new system with elite weapons around him because players like Christian McCaffrey uh, are better than everybody that he had with the Jets combined. Uh, He reunites with Robbie Anderson, who was his favorite weapon with the New York Jets. Those two have connected a couple times already this season. Anderson has a touchdown, a a long catch of uh, 57 yards this season. He is a deep threat for Sam Darnold. So let's take a look at some of these props for Thursday night football. Sam Darnold's passing total is 265 and a half. Uh, Do we like 265 and a half for Sam Darnold? 
Let's see. Uh, he threw for 305 yards against New Orleans. He threw for 279 against the Jets. So he has gone over 265 and a half in both of the games this season. Davis Mills, meanwhile, the rookie, is at 211 and a half. The only reason why I could see that going over is because I do expect them to be trailing in this game. And when you're losing, you're throwing the ball. And maybe Mills is going to rack up some passing yards, perhaps in garbage time, because they'll be passing the ball a lot as they play catch-up. In terms of passing touchdowns, Darnold over 1.5 is minus 160. Mills over 1.5 is actually plus 180. For the running back wide receiver props, Christian McCaffrey rushing total over 82.5 is the number for this one. Christian McCaffrey, so far this season, he's got 170 yards in two games. He rushed for uh, just 72 yards against New Orleans, rushed for 98 yards against the Jets. However, receiving, he had 89 receiving yards against the Jets, 65 receiving yards against New Orleans. So if you're looking at Christian McCaffrey and his receiving yards, it's at 49 and a half. That would be a nice bet to go over. So Christian McCaffrey rushing yards, 82 and a half. Maybe that's not the play, but over in the receiving yards, 49 and a half certainly looks like an attractive piece as he has gone over that in both of his games so far this season. He has caught 65 yards, uh, five receptions against New Orleans, nine catches for 89 yards against the Jets. He had a 32-yard reception against the Saints. He had a 22-yard reception against the Jets. Again, Christian McCaffrey, 49-and-a-half is the receiving total for him. The receiving total for uh, Robbie Anderson, a guy who is a deep threat, as I mentioned, 43 and a half. And when you're playing a number like that for Robbie Anderson, you are, in my opinion, strictly banking on the long play because he's not a guy that is a you know possession-type receiver, uh, doesn't have a ton of catches. He only had one catch uh, against the Jets, but it went for 57 yards and a touchdown. He only had three catches against New Orleans, but he did have one of those catches for 18 yards. So he's the deep threat. If you're playing an over on uh, Robbie Anderson, you're really just hoping for a deep ball in this one. DJ Moore is more of a guy who does uh, catch more passes. DJ Moore against New Orleans had eight catches for uh, 79 yards. He had six catches for 80 yards against the Jets. DJ Moore is at 67 and a half for his receiving yard prop. I like the over on DJ Moore receiving yards. Let's take a look at some touchdown props if you want to have fun with that. Touchdown scores, Christian McCaffrey, minus 250. As if uh, it's uh, assumed that McCaffrey will find the end zone. Uh, And I know it's minus 250, and you don't want to lay that much juice, and it's kind of crazy, but... Christian McCaffrey so far um, has <laughs> he uh, he has uh, scored against the uh, Saints. He did not score against the Jets, but um, you would think the guy who was the number one overall pick in many fantasy drafts would find his way into the end zone in a game in which they are favored by eight points. DJ Moore is next at plus one ten. Robbie Anderson plus one seventy five. Brandon Cooks is plus 200. Mark Ingram plus 225. Philip Lindsay plus 250. The Carolina Panthers defense, which has had a really nice season, as I mentioned, if you think that they have an opportunity to score, maybe it's an interception of the rookie Davis Mills. Maybe it's a strip sack fumble return for a touchdown. They are at plus 350, which is pretty low compared to what we've seen from other defenses so far uh, this season, when you're looking at the props, the Panthers' uh, defense being plus 350 to score a touchdown, usually you see those around the plus 500 range. So that's interesting to see when you're looking at the props here for this game in terms of anytime touchdown scores. Ultimately, I see the Panthers winning this game. I don't think it's going to be close. Uh, I don't think there's anything that you could do to convince me to bet the Houston Texans. And they might be the right side because catching more than a touchdown at home on a short week, you would think that that's the play. And and, and maybe historically you're going through your, your, your mind and you're thinking Thursday night football, usually tough on the road team. The Texans are 2-0 against the spread this year, so are the Carolina Panthers. But maybe 
plus eight at home, just too many points. Too many points for a road favorite. And they always say road favorites are sucker bets, but this is a bad Texans team, and I think that they are going to start to show themselves as the team that people are kind of expecting them to be this season, uh, which is a team that is um, not as competitive as other teams around the league. Remember, the Texans were one of the teams that were favored to have the worst record in the NFL. And uh, here going up against the Carolina Panthers, a tough, tough uh, task here on Thursday night, especially when you have a rookie quarterback getting his first career start. But Carolina doesn't have a good record on Thursday nights traditionally. I believe they are 0-6 against the spread on Thursday nights. Uh, Houston, meanwhile, um, against the NFC South at home is 8-2 straight up and against the spread. So good numbers against the NFC South. Uh, while Carolina does have bad numbers on Thursday night. How much does that mean? Do you take those into take those numbers into account, or do you just consider this to be, hey, look, we have a rookie quarterback making his first career start against a defense that has been the best defense in the NFL so far and a team that is playing good football at 2-0 this season. I think all signs point to a Carolina victory. I'm not going to lay the eight points. What I'm going to do is I'm going to put the Carolina Panthers in a teaser, and I'm going to knock them down to underneath a field goal. That's the way that I'm going to play this game. Again, Carolina, uh, I will put them in a two-team teaser, and I will knock them down to below a uh, field goal. As far as which team I'm going to put them in a teaser with, haven't quite decided. I know I have until kickoff tomorrow to make that decision. It's either going to be the Cleveland Browns, moving them down and picking them to win the game, or if I can get the Baltimore Ravens and underneath the field goal, I will do that as well. But uh, I think that that's a pretty good teaser candidate. Browns to win, Panthers to win by a field goal. I think that's the way in which I'm going to rock with this one. So Panthers in a teaser piece with another team, likely the Browns or the Baltimore Ravens. That's going to be my official play here coming up for Thursday night football. And then uh, I mentioned I like the over and receiving yards. For Christian McCaffrey and the over and receiving yards for DJ Moore. I'm Scott Seidenberg. You can follow along on Twitter at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up next, we'll be joined by Chris Landry, veteran football scout, coach, and consultant from LandryFootball.com here on the look ahead on Visa Esports Betting Network. This is the look ahead on VSN, the sports betting network. Make this football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your VSN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24 7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money, and ticket percentages on every game, plus full access to VSN.com data and analysis. You get everything VSIN has to offer for only $22 per month. Sign up now at vsin.com slash subscribe. Scott Seidenberg back here on the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Uh, speaking of our best bet emails, the college football best bets will be released on Thursday. I have two picks for uh, that best bets uh, article, um, two favorites, which is kind of unlike me. Uh, I am an underdog better, but we'll get into those coming up a little later on in the program. Uh, speaking of betting splits, well, 73% of the bets currently, according to DraftKings, are on the Carolina Panthers, while 83% of the handle is on the Carolina Panthers. Again, that's the spread at minus eight. So 73% of the bets and 83% of the handle. As for the total, 72% of the bets are on the over 43 points, 62% of the handle is on the over 43 and a points. Remember, primetime overs, 6 and 0 this season. So if you think it's going to improve to 7 and 0, you take the over 43 points. Uh, someone had tweeted me earlier today, and uh, you guys can tweet at me whenever, at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. I'll react to some of your tweets, respond. We'll read them on the air if they're, if they're noteworthy. Uh, but someone asked about the betting splits earlier in the week. Uh, would that signify 
professional money or sharp money as opposed to public money um, because, and you can make that assumption because more public money does come in as we get closer and closer to kickoff. Um, as far as when sharp money comes into play, uh, it depends. Some sharps hit a number early because they like a number. Some sharps are waiting for the number to get to a certain spot so that they can hammer that line. Um, so it's no real indication of who's betting where. I'm just giving you the data on what the tickets are saying how many tickets, and how much money is being wagered on each of these games. So again, the betting splits for Thursday night, Carolina minus eight is the line. It is 73% of the bets, and 83% of the handle are on the Panthers at minus eight. Uh, 72% of the bets, and 62% of the money is on the over 43 in that game. Again, primetime overs, 6-0 and oh to start this season. Uh, we're going to be joined by Chris Landry coming up. In just a moment, Chris is, uh, he, he was my podcast host for years. He is as locked in to the game of football as anybody. He's a current uh, consultant. He's a scout, um, former coach. He has worked on staff with Bill Belichick and Nick Saban with the Cleveland Browns. He was in the Tennessee Titans front office when they drafted Steve McNair, Eddie George, uh, worked at LSU, was on the hiring committee when LSU brought in Nick Saban uh, to be their head coach there. So he's as locked in as anybody. And his website, LandryFootball.com, is really just a uh, one-stop shop for everything football both uh, college and the pro. Uh, a lot of things I want to ask him, both NFL football and college football. Uh, so we'll get to him coming up in uh, just a moment. But real quick, my pick for Thursday night, I did say that it's going to be the Carolina Panthers in a teaser spot. And I do like teasing them down with the Cleveland Browns. So you get the Panthers at minus two, you get the Browns at minus one. Um, if that Ravens line moves off, to minus eight and a half, which it could, but right now it isn't. And if it doesn't, by the time Thursday night is about to kick off, I'm not going to play that. Uh, so I'm going to do the Browns and the Panthers and um, really just betting against Justin Fields in his uh, debut game or his first start for the Chicago Bears. Maybe that Browns defense forces a turnover. Let's welcome in Chris Landry, football scout coach and consultant here to the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. And speaking of Justin Fields, Chris, uh, do you upgrade the Bears with the announcement that Fields is now going to be the starter, or do you have them rated the same uh, with Andy Dalton? No, I think it's quite a bit different. I think that you've got a different game plan. I think they will employ him in the run game. I think you're going to see some RPOs. Um, obviously, you have to defend it a little differently. I think you probably play a little bit more zone against them. You make him throw the football, but you've got to really defend an extra gap with him um, because he's such a threat running the football. So I think this is going to be real interesting. I think we see that with a full week of practice and a game plan, he may be a little bit more comfortable because he knows what he's going to be asked to do. Uh, but it's more it's going to be more than just a package. He's going to have a full game plan, but it's not going to be the full playbook. Um, I just don't really like the matchup here. I think this makes it a little bit easier for the Browns to scheme against it. And yes, you got to chase an athletic quarterback, but I don't think they're going to get nearly as much in the passing game. And I think we're going to find out, even though Justin Fields will be good, why they were reticent to start him earlier. Uh, other quarterback injuries, Tua is going to be out for the Dolphins. So it looks like Jacoby Brissett will start against the Raiders. Uh, how impressed have you been with the Raiders to start the season? And can they keep it rolling here against Miami and their backup quarterback? They played good defense um, last week. I was really impressed there. And, I, you know, I, I just I think with Jacoby Brissett, it's difficult to maintain any rhythm in the passing game. I think you can make some plays in the secondary on them. I like the Raiders to keep it going here. They're off to a good start. Week one was kind of a weird game. But last week, I thought they really outplayed the Raiders. And I'm, I'm really impressed with what their defense did. And, of course, Derek Carr played well. So, um I, I think this is a good situation as long as they play smart and kind of within themselves. And at times we've seen this Raider team just kind of go out in la-la land and lose the game they shouldn't. This is kind of that type of matchup. They would kick themselves for the rest of the year if they blow a game like this. They should win this game here. Uh, speaking of teams that have been impressive, the Carolina Panthers off to a 2-0 and start. Chris, they've only allowed 21 points 
in their first two games combined. Uh, now they get to face Davis Mills, a rookie quarterback, the Houston Texans, on a short week. Uh, I don't think there's any argument that Matt Rule has been, you know, the most impressive coach through the first two weeks of the season so far. What's your takeaway about the Panthers? Well, look, they put a lot of emphasis on improving that defense. The defense is really good. I like the way they've got Sam Donald. Uh, on the right track. They've got a few weapons. I like the team. I think they've done a really good job. You've kind of mentioned it was an impressive win over the Saints. They've got Houston. This is another example, though, that um, this is a team that you're better than. You've got everything going your way. You know, can you play with that same intensity and, you know, not, you know, take a team lightly? This is, this is a, again, another case where you'd be kicking yourself if you blow this game. They're the better team here, and I don't know that they're going to contend with Tampa in that debate. In fact, I don't think they will, but you know what? They may be good enough to to be at least in the playoff race, but that includes taking care of business in a game like this weekend against a team that you're better than. You know, you mentioned the Saints, and uh, one of the teams, uh, one of the spots that I've circled so far on this schedule is that Saints-Patriots game because, uh, in all honesty, Chris, I just think it's a bad situation for the Saints. You know, they now have to travel three straight weeks because week one was in Jacksonville, week two in Carolina, now week three up in New England. Uh, they've been displaced practicing at TCU for the past several weeks. And I just think going on the road for a third straight week against this Patriots team that has looked pretty decent is a bad spot for New Orleans. Do you think that they can bounce back or or are you kind of siding with me that this is a bad situation for them? I like New England in this game. I, I just think New Orleans, you know, they've got to establish the run. That'll be a challenge here. Um, they can't they can't have Jameis Winston forced Jameis Winston forced in the ball. I think that the Patriots will pick him off almost similar to what they, they did last week against Zach Wilson. Um, you know, Jameis has got to protect the football. They got to run the football better. I expect the defense to bounce back and have a better game. So I think this will be close, but um, you mentioned, you know, road games and all. I think there's a lot that the Saints are dealing with, and they've got to play really well around Jameis Winston to have a chance here. I, I like the Patriots. I think overall they've got a more things going for it. Uh, one more, one other game, Chris. The, the Falcons have been so disappointing to start mm. the season. But uh, I know probably more than many, uh, having talked New York sports for the large part of my career, that this would be a game the Giants lose, Chris, <laughs> going up against this Falcons team. Uh, if there's any way that you're leaning in this game, where, where would it be? Well, this is all – it is difficult when you got – when you're putting some stock in somebody that you don't really believe in, but you kind of believe in the other guy less. I, I just – I. This Falcons team is really bad at the line of scrimmage. They're not running the football well. Uh, they're not getting any, any pass rush defensively. This this is just a bad line of scrimmage team. It's not a good team at all. And, and everybody talks about the weapons and Matt Ryan, but if you don't play well at the line of scrimmage, I actually think the Lions, uh, the Lions, the Giants have looked better on film. Um, so that would be thoughts, but I'm kind of with you a little bit. I don't know that there's a lot of games that I'm going to think that the Falcons have a really good chance to win it. Um, I don't know. I'd stay away from it. I, I may go ahead with, with the Giants in a close one uh, in this one just because they've looked a little bit better. But this, I, I would get excited about either one of these teams. Somebody's going to lose it more than somebody's going to win it here. And that seems to always happen with uh, the Giants, that somebody loses it rather than wins it. All right, so we'll get more. Uh, Chris, hang on there because I want to get to some college football coming up next, okay? It's the look ahead more with Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com coming up next here on VSIN. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. 
Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for Moneyline, Over, Under, and Against the Spread Bets. Betting splits are another way vcin is here to help make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. Uh, Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com rejoins us here on the look ahead here on VSIN. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Chris, I'm sorry to cut you off while we were up against it last segment. I wanted to get into college football with you, and let's start with the marquee game at Soldier Field. Are we to believe that Wisconsin, based on what we've seen, is actually a touchdown better than Notre Dame right now? I don't think so. I mean, I think it's it, – it, listen, I think this Notre Dame team overall – has not played all that well. They played better last week against Purdue. I'd be, you know, I don't think it's a really good matchup for Notre Dame's offensive line, who's given up like 14 sacks already. But in Wisconsin's coming off of a bye, I think that has a lot to do with it. Um, I still would say that, you know, it's probably, to me, maybe more of like a four-point type a game maybe in Wisconsin's favor wouldn't surprise me if Notre Dame wins it I'd be very surprised if Wisconsin wins it let's say uh you know seven eight ten points I just I don't I think Notre Dame may be a little bit uh better than they have looked and I just don't know that I'm ready to jump on Wisconsin particularly with a passing game that I'm not real uh impressed by yet do you think it's going to be low scoring between these two teams I do I mean I think I think the winner's going to have, you know, in that in mid-20s. Um, and, I mean, I don't know if it's a 26-20, 24-20, 24-17. -20, it's what I'm thinking. Um, that's kind of along the lines. I, I'm, I'm actually not quite sure which direction I'm going to go yet. But I, I probably, push comes to shove, I'd, I'd probably favor Wisconsin a little bit in a close one. But, again, I, I – that would not surprise me at all if Notre Dame out and out wins it. Let's stick to to the Big Ten here. Uh, Michigan State, Chris, finally now a favorite. Uh, they've won the past couple of games, you know, being an underdog with the exception of uh, the cupcake game that was sandwiched in between Northwestern and Miami. Now they're a favorite at home against Nebraska. Is Michigan State this good? You know, with Kenneth Walker playing the way he's playing, uh, they're, you know, certainly now in the top 25 
are they this good, and how do you expect them to perform against Nebraska? Well, we're getting ready to find out because they're getting into the meat of their schedule. They've done what you know they're supposed to do. I think Miami's got some issues, and so make of it what you want in that game. But the bottom line is, is a physical Michigan State team. It's also a veteran team. There's a lot of guys that what I call you know were were in the buy-in mode, coming back. Um, that, you know, maybe unfinished business, so to speak. So they've got a really good team that's coming back. Um, But they pulled away in this game against Miami. They didn't dominate it. Uh, I still like them here mainly because Nebraska can't get out of their own way. Mistakes on special teams are a killer. Um, Look, I, I, you know, I think this, you know, um, that Michigan State's the better team because they played cleaner football. And I don't buy into the whole, well, Nebraska played Oklahoma close. Let's look at it. I, I think if Nebraska would play a clean game, they'd have a chance to win a game like this. But I got to see it to believe it. Uh, they outscored Michigan State, did Miami 21-3 in the fourth quarter. And they look like a fresher team. So I think this is close for a while, and then I think Michigan State pulls away. Let's go to the SEC, Chris. Uh, the big game, of course, at AT&T Stadium, Arkansas, Texas A&M. Uh, you can't deny what Sam Pittman has done for this Arkansas program, completely turned them around. They're now 3-0, and uh, playing good football. K.J. Jefferson having a nice season so far. Texas A&M, not really uh, impressive so far this season. They haven't really played anybody. I mean, the game versus Colorado was ugly, but... Uh, how good is this Arkansas program right now, Chris? And can they hang with Texas A&M? And can they win this game outright? They can hang with them, yes, because they're really good at the line of scrimmage. They're playing better on both sides of the line of scrimmage. A&M is playing. A&M's got a, an even more formidable defensive front than Arkansas. But Arkansas's offensive line is playing better. Now, the key is Arkansas's offensive line is going to be missing. They're going to be down a couple of guys this week. Now, they still are going to be a good run-blocking unit. They've got a chance to win this, yes. They're a good team, yes. Uh, A&M, I think, is better. But A&M's got some issues with the offensive line, overall offensively. That's going to make this game a little bit more intriguing than if we were discussing this back in August because – uh, you're on a second quarterback, and you know you can't really employ Zach Kelzad in the run game like you were going to do with Zane, Haynes King. Um, I think this is going to be a lot of different defensive looks that Barry Odom's going to throw at Calzada, and I wonder how A&M is going to block up front, and can they get the running game established? Um, I think this is a game is going to tell us an awful lot about the SEC West, but I still think AM's the overall better team here. Um, but I but I think this is going to be a real good one. The game that we thought we were going to get with Texas and Arkansas, I think we're going to get here this week. I think it's going to be really good, and I think it could go either way, but I would favor AM here. You know, one of the games that intrigues me, sticking in the SEC, Chris, South Carolina against Kentucky. You know, Kentucky is um, you know, and you want to talk about programs that have turned around. I mean, how many times has Kentucky in the past been a road favorite in an SEC conference game? Uh, but here they are, their favorites at South Carolina. But South Carolina gets their quarterback back. Luke Doty is going to start for them. He played last week against Georgia. Do you give South Carolina a little bit of a boost with Doty under center? And how do you see this one playing out? Kentucky, I think, hammers them. I don't think wow. South Carolina okay. is very good. I Kentucky did not play well last week, and I credit. Look, I mean, I don't, I don't credit it. I think it's just sloppy performance. I don't think this. I don't think South Carolina is very good. I, I think that, you know, certainly is it a boost? Yes, but you know, a boost to a point of uh, better than before. I just think Kentucky's a lot better football team. Uh, look, Kentucky played poorly against Chattanooga, uh, and they were thirty-three point favorites. So I think. From a betting standpoint, you might want to be careful about where you go with it and play with it, but Kentucky's better at the line of scrimmage. They've got – now, the quarterback did not play well last week, turned it over three times. I think they play a cleaner game. They've got better skilled guys. They've got a better quarterback. They've got better running backs. They've got a better offensive – well, I think South Carolina's running backs can match up. Let me back off of that. I still – think Kentucky's the better team at both sides of the line of scrimmage. They're a better defensive team. 
I think this is a game where Kentucky kind of spreads their wings a little bit. And I think they probably win this game, you know, 14, 17 points is how I see it. Okay. Uh, very good there. Florida and Tennessee. Florida laying a heavy number, 18 and a half at home. You know this game means something for Tennessee. Can they keep it close? I think they may be able to score some points. I think you're also going to see how does Florida respond. As last week, they kind of almost took it as they beat Alabama. I mean, they, that's one of the things that you wonder how they're going to play. We saw Florida go flat after an impressive early part of their season. So uh, I still think Florida should win this, you know, uh, 17 points or so. They're that much better. I don't think Tennessee's defense is going to be much of a challenge here, but this game might be a little bit closer if Florida's defense doesn't show up because Tennessee can move the football and score some points here. Um, I, you know, I, I kind of look for some points in this game, quite frankly. That's what that would intrigue me uh, a lot. I think we could see a lot of points. So I don't know. Uh, one game in the in the uh, Pac-12, Chris, UCLA, can they pick themselves up off the deck after losing as an 11-point favorite to Fresno State here in their Pac-12 opener against Stanford? I think they can. Um, Stanford's playing better. They're back to Stanford football. They're running the football well. But, you know, I think that Fresno State team's very underrated, and they've got a really good offense with some ex explosive qualities to it. I think UCLA gets back on track here. I think they're the, definitely the more talented team here. I think they get the running game going. Um, I, I just think that Stanford's going to have a little bit more difficulty moving the football even as well as Fresno State again, uh, did against UCLA. So I do like UCLA get back on track. And, you know, after losing a game, it wasn't a conference game. I think UCLA is still in good position to win the South. We'll, we'll see, but I think they get it done this week. Uh, Chris, thanks for the time. I appreciate you as always, and we'll talk to you next week. Look forward to it, buddy. Thank you so much. Landry. LandryFootball.com, the website. You want to make sure you follow him on Twitter, at LandryFootball, uh, football scout coach, an administrator, a current consultant with uh, every NFL team in the league and uh, many college football programs, especially when it comes to coaching hires. The guy is as locked in as anybody. Um, there's a couple of college games that we touched on that uh, kind of changed my opinion on some of the games. Uh, one of those games that we did touch upon is one of my official picks that I will have coming up here for uh, Saturday's action. We're going to keep it in the family. Coming up next, Amal Shah, host of Odds On here on VSIM. We'll talk some football with me, Scott Seidenberg, on the look ahead. That's coming up here on VSIM. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. 
Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today.